just as a forewarning, I've never played The Last of Us, uh, one or two. Uh, the only knowledge I really have of the game is what's been shown on the show so far, and just random facts and stuff from Action Button Review's review of The Last of Us Part 1, which I would highly recommend for a really cool deep dive on the game. The Last of Us is an American post-apocalyptic drama television series created by Craig Mazin and Neil Druckmann for HBO. Based on the 2013 video game developed by Naughty Dog, the series is set 20 years after a mass fungal infection caused by a mutation of cordyceps, which sparked a global pandemic. The infection causes its victims to transform into hostile, cannibalistic creatures resembling zombies. The series follows Joel, Pedro Pascal, a smuggler tasked with escorting the teenager Ellie, Bella Ramsey, across a post-apocalyptic United States. Episode 1, When You're Lost in the Darkness. In 2003, a mass fungal infection of the cordyceps sparks a global pandemic. Joel flees with his daughter, Sarah, and brother, Tommy. Sarah is killed by a soldier. 20 years later, Joel lives in the Boston quarantine zone managed by the Federal Disaster Response Agency, FEDRA, working as a smuggler with his partner, Tess. When Tommy fails to contact them from Wyoming, they buy a car battery from a local dealer, Robert, but are double-crossed when he sells it to the Fireflies, a rebel group opposing FEDRA. Attempting to retrieve it, Joel and Tess discover Marlene, the Firefly's leader, who begs them to take Ellie to the Massachusetts State House in exchange for a working truck. While sneaking out, the three are caught by a soldier who tests them for infection, revealing Ellie is positive. Joel kills the soldier, and Ellie claims to be immune. The show begins with a haunting talk show segment where doctors and scientists from 1968 speculate on what a pandemic could do to the world. I think I'm not the only one that probably had to pause after that scene and just take a minute to be like, it was, it was a lot. It pulled a lot of parallels to sort of what's been going on in the world the past couple of years. So it was a little freaky to hear it in almost a fictional sense, but real at the same time. I'm going to admit I found the first episode pretty tricky to get through. I'm not a huge fan of post-apocalyptic stuff. Um, I find it super distressing and depressing. So sort of knowing what I did know about the game and sort of who dies and who lives just in like the first episode and stuff just sort of filled me with dread the whole time and didn't exactly make me excited to watch it, but I'm glad I did. The world and our main character, Joel's life falls apart before our very eyes and there's nothing we can do to stop it. But by the end of the first episode, I was pretty hooked into this dystopian world where a pandemic takes over the world and people are dying and we're quarantined and... Wait, doesn't this sound a little too real? This is a really strong first episode and I think fans of the game sort of celebrated how faithful it was to the original game and sort of how wonderful of an adaptation it is. Uh, I think the only thing really starkly changed was sort of the year the show takes place versus the game. The game's outbreak takes place in 2013, while its post-apocalyptic narrative occurs in 2023. This was changed to 2003 and 2023, as the writers felt the story taking place simultaneously with the show's release was more interesting and real, and didn't fundamentally change the story. The scene where Joel's daughter Sarah is visiting the neighbors and the elderly mother starts to be infected in the background, just slightly out of focus, was bone-chilling. A really effective way to start injecting the horror into the show, and being a great part of a wonderful first episode. Episode 2, Infected. Two days before the outbreak, in Jakarta, a mycologist learns of the oncoming pandemic and advises the government to bomb the city to prevent it from spreading. In the present, Ellie explains to Joel and Tess that she is being transported west in hopes of being used to find a cure. 
Discovering that the path to the state house is swarmed with infected, they cut through a museum, where they are attacked by blind infected known as clickers. Ellie is bitten. They arrive at the state house but find the fireflies dead. Tess reveals she was bitten, while Ellie's bite begins to heal, proving her immunity. Joel shoots an infected, which alerts the swarm to the location. Tess convinces him to escape with Ellie while she stays behind, blowing up the building and killing herself along with the horde. So episode two opens with this renowned scientist in Jakarta where the contamination that leads to global infections starts. She autopsies a body that's been infected and informs military officials that there's no way to stop this and they need to start bombing the city to try and stop the spread as quickly as possible. Holy shit, that was a crazy scene to watch and just like the chillingness when she's just like i like i i need someone to take me like i just want to i just want to be with my family it was like oh my god this is a super fast-paced episode there's some incredible fight scenes of joel tess and ellie defending themselves against the soul clickers as they make their way to the fireflies base unfortunately we lose tess this episode which was quite sad i really liked her character and the chemistry and unspoken history she had with joel i didn't play the game so i didn't know just how early into the story we lose her and she also really bonded with Ellie during this episode and could have potentially been like a mother figure for her if she had survived. So rest in peace, Tess. This episode is a big turning point. Joel and Ellie are alone together now with no third party around to mediate their frequent disagreements or take sides. Episode three, long, long time. Joel and Ellie heed Tess's final instructions and hike to meet allies Bill and Frank. Joel teaches Ellie about the government executions of innocents during the early days of the outbreak. In 2007, Frank stumbles onto the compound of paranoid survivalist Bill, who takes him in. They begin a romance, sharing a love of music and food. Years later, Frank contacts Tess by radio, and the couples enter a tenuous friendship. In the present, Frank is terminally ill and asks Bill to euthanize him after they marry. Bill, not wanting to live without Frank, kills himself as well. Joel and Ellie arrive sometime later. They discover a letter Bill left for Joel, explaining that protecting Frank is what gave his life meaning after the outbreak and leaving Joel his supplies. Joel takes Bill's truck and sets out with Ellie to find Tommy. Does this episode make anyone else really sad? Like, super, super sad? I mean, that's probably a rhetorical question. Um, I think the general consensus is that even though this strives off really far from the original storyline of the game for the characters, that it is one of the best and most heartbreaking episodes of television ever. Never in my life did I think that Ron Swanson in the Apocalypse would have me sobbing for almost the entire 75-minute episode. I'm glad Frank and Bill got to go out of this world together peacefully, rather than at the hands of clickers, raiders, or either of them suddenly dropping dead. Bill's note to Joel, or whoever may found this that it says on the envelope, makes this episode all the more heartbreaking. Bill used his resources to protect Frank. Now with the two of them gone, Bill tells Joel to use what he has to protect Tess, who sacrificed herself in the last episode after being bit and infected to make sure Joel and Ellie made it to safety. Joel wasn't able to protect Tess, just like how he wasn't able to protect Sarah and lost her too. At the end of this episode, Joel and Ellie take off in Bill's truck to head to Wyoming to find Tommy and give Ellie to the Fireflies out there. I've been trying to avoid looking into the game plot as much as possible to not get spoiled, but sort of unprompted TikToks coming up on my For You page of like pivotal game moments have been ruining that for me. Episode 4, Will You Please Hold My Hand? As they drive to Wyoming, Joel tells Ellie about his past. He explains when the outbreak started, he and his brother Tommy became close to a group of survivors traveling north to Boston, where they met Tess and Marlene. Tommy, looking for something to fight for, joined the Fireflies, but gave up on the cause before striking out on his own. 
When they stop for the night, Joel warns Ellie that anyone they meet cannot be trusted. The next day, their truck reaches the ruins of Kansas City. While taking a necessary detour, Ellie sees an injured man begging for help. Joel tries to drive past him, springing a trap and crashing into a nearby building. Joel tells Ellie to hide and shoots two men dead before a third, Brian, gets the drop on him. As Joel is being choked, Ellie uses the gun from her backpack to shoot Brian, leaving him paralyzed from the waist down. Joel takes the gun and sends Ellie away before stabbing Brian to death as he screams for mercy. Joel and Ellie escape as more bandits, part of a group that overthrew the government control of the city, arrive to find the bodies. Their leader, Kathleen, is informed of what happened. She concludes her enemies, including Henry Burrell, who she believes gave up her brother to be executed, are responsible for contacting the killers and orders her followers to search the city for them. Joel teaches Ellie how to properly hold her gun. Kathleen's second-in-command, Perry, shows her a room with something growing underground. He insists they deal with the problem, but Kathleen is more concerned with finding Henry, ordering Perry to hide the evidence until then. Joel locates a high-rise building where he can get a good view of the surrounding area and find an exit route. He and Ellie find an old apartment. Before they sleep, Ellie makes Joel laugh for the first time with a joke from her book of puns. Waking up, they find Henry and his brother Sam holding them at gunpoint. So let, let's talk about this episode. Uh, it felt like a lot of really nice relationship building fluff for most of the part and not fluff in a bad way. The past three episodes have been pretty littered with like grief and heavy stuff. So it's just nice to have Joel and Ellie just coexisting for a bit uh, leading up to like the climax of the episode and sort of building more plot elements and stuff. Uh, we were introduced to the people and some bandits who just completely ruined Bill's truck and left all those supplies crashed into an abandoned laundromat. Uh, I literally think Bill would be rolling over in his grave that Joel was that reckless with all that stuff. This episode has also been the shortest one so far. Uh, it's only about 50 minutes long, which made it go by super fast compared to like the 75 minute runtime of the last episode or the hour and a half of the first episode. So, um, confession. At the end of the episode where they show uh, Henry and Sam, I... I fully thought they were both young children. I should probably get my eyes checked again. Um, I like I it. I was like, wow, I can't believe it's a it's a kid doing all these bad things. Like, I can't believe like Kathleen has it out for this like child. Because I figured that at least one of them would be a kid. Because when Kathleen and Perry go up and sort of root around their living space, um, there's lots of like kid drawings around and stuff so I, I i figured that probably sam would have been a kid but then the very small glimpse we got of henry i was like that's a child i was like he's 10 probably he's he's 10 or something or something like that so there was there was a whole section of this video where i was going to talk about how cool of a plot element it was that there's like a child that's like killing people's brothers and is like this big baddie and he's like a baby but I was proven wrong, and it was a foolish thing, and I probably should have, like, rewinded the episode a little bit just to check. I mean, we don't get a great look at them, but I I fully thought Henry was a young child. And also, on, I guess, a humorous final note, I think Ellie's joke book is the funniest thing in the world. I'm so glad out of every single non-necessity item that Joel and Ellie have right now, because um, they lost everything in Bill's truck, uh, that they have on them is the joke book. Because that that just there were so many funny and nice moments between them. 
in this episode because of the joke book. I mean, like, Ellie makes Joel laugh for the first time, which is pretty funny. And a really, it's a really nice scene. It's like, it's, it's, the, it's the baby child big friend uh, theory, which you can learn more about in the Action Button Reviews episode on The Last of Us. Basically, in every media, you have a baby child, you have a little, a little baby, or a child, I guess, and then they have a big friend who's like an adult, and they hang out. <laughs> and that's it. It was a good episode. Episode 5, Endure and Survive. After a resistance movement overthrows the government and takes control of Kansas City, Missouri, their leader, Kathleen Coughlin, sets out to find the government informants, including Henry Burrell, who she blames for the death of her brother Michael. Henry and his brother Sam hide out in a secret bunker with Eldenstein. Ten days later, with Eldenstein missing and lacking food, the brothers track down Joel and Ellie, who Henry believes can help them escape the city. Kathleen's second-in-command, Perry, finds her at her old house. Kathleen admits Michael had told her to forgive Henry for his actions, but she vows vengeance anyway, and Perry agrees. After a standoff, Henry proposes a plan to use the underground tunnels to escape. Joel hesitantly agrees. In an underground bunker, Ellie continues to bond with Sam. Henry admits he was responsible for the capture and death of Michael. He provided his whereabouts to the government in exchange for medication for Sam's leukemia. After they leave the tunnels, a sniper attacks the group. Joel kills him, but finds he worked with Kathleen. She shortly arrives with her militia. As Kathleen prepares to kill Henry, a truck falls underground, releasing a massive crowd of infected, including a heavily mutated host known as a bloater. Urging Kathleen to reach safety, Perry is killed by the bloater. Joel uses the sniper rifle to protect Ellie, who helps Sam and Henry escape. As they do so, Kathleen confronts them, but a child clicker promptly kills her. Later in a motel while in private, Sam shows Ellie an infected bit him during the attack. Admitting her immunity, Ellie tries to use her blood to heal Sam. She promises to stay up with him through the night, but inadvertently falls asleep. The next morning, Sam, now infected, attacks Ellie. Henry hesitates but kills him. A distraught Henry then kills himself. Joel and Ellie bury them. Ellie silently apologizes to Sam, and they continue their journey west. The opening of this episode was super, like, violent and graphic and really, really chilling. It it truly just shows the horror in this world of, like, a government society being overthrown by the people in it. Um, I really enjoyed getting a bit more backstory on Henry and Sam with this opening sequence of the episode. During the outbreak, did they change the formula for making crayons? Because those were, those were quite vibrant on, like, cardboard and brick walls. Another thing, I'm also pretty sure that, like, acrylic or wall or latex paint isn't maybe the best thing to put on your face when your resources for water are probably limited. But I thought it was a really cute scene and a nice little character thing. Uh, I gotta give mad props to the production designers and art directors for this episode because it was it was stunning and very, very realistic. It was really nice to see Ellie get to be a kid again. Uh, it was probably also good for her in terms of the show to have a little break from all the doom and gloom that's following her and Joel around. When they went to the underground bunker and it was empty, I was like... They haven't really shown any, like, kids that got infected. Like, we've only really seen adults. Like, I wonder if, like, the mutation even works on kids because they're, like, so small and stuff. By the end of the episode, I was I was very pleasantly surprised when the kid clicker shows up and was absolutely batshit crazy. This episode was stressful as hell, which I think is a good way to show just what an amazing piece of television it is. As soon as the truck, like, went into the sinkhole under the house, I had to pause, like, every five minutes and just, like take a second um because it was just it was so fast paced and like high strung it was like making my heart race so special thanks to my boyfriend for calming me down 
during those breaks because he he sat across the room and just watched me go no 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 the entire episode like as soon as shit hit the fan i was yelling at the computer i i could tell during this scene that either sam or henry was gonna get bit it just seemed kind of inevitable so the scene where ellie and sam where he ellie tries to cure his bite with her blood was just heartbroken because i knew enough that i don't think it would work that easily and that just seems like too much of a like a lazy writing thing if she can just put her blood on a bite and it cures it once like sam once he's infected lashes out at ellie and they break into the room that henry and joel are in and they're fighting and screaming and stuff like just the the look on joel's face and like how much he was just fighting to like try and save ellie just like really shows like how much he's starting to care about her in the show which which is which is good Henry and Sam's deaths were so sad. With Sam, there's like, there's really nothing else they can do because they don't have a cure yet. And it, it's just really sad how Henry didn't even realize in the moment that he shot his brother. And I really respected the director's choice to not have them show their dead bodies um, and instead have Joel and Ellie silently bury them. I feel so bad for everyone in the show because it feels like as soon as they meet Joel and Ellie, they just get, they get killed instantly. And Joel and Ellie are out on their own again. Once again, just another amazing episode of the show. They really haven't missed yet with a single episode and it makes me so excited for Sunday or in this episode's case, Friday nights. Episode 6, Kin. Three months after watching Henry kill himself, Joel and Ellie make it to Wyoming. They are told the whereabouts by Marlon and his wife Florence, who warn them to avoid the dangers further west. Learning his brother Tommy may be dead, Joel has a panic attack. Traveling further west, Joel and Ellie are ambushed by a group led by Maria, who takes them to a safe community in Jackson, Wyoming. Joel is reunited with Tommy. He and Ellie are provided food, clean clothing, and a house. Maria cuts Ellie's hair and warns her to be cautious of trusting others, citing Joel's dangerous past. Ellie rebutes, citing Tommy's. Ellie learns of Joel's daughter, Sarah, who died 20 years prior. Joel tries to convince Tommy to join him and Ellie to Colorado. Tommy declines as Maria is pregnant. While having another panic attack, Joel sees a girl reminding him of Sarah. Later on, Joel confides in Tommy about Ellie's immunity and his declining mental state, citing dreams he cannot remember but recalls feeling loss. Joel asks Tommy to take Ellie to the Fireflies as he fears he cannot keep her safe. He agrees to take her the following morning. Ellie overhears them. Later, she acknowledges Joel's fears regarding his daughter's death and admits she will only be more frightened by his absence. Joel says she is not his daughter, nor he her father, and states that they will part ways. He retires to his bedroom and thinks of Sarah. In the morning, Joel changes his mind and he and Ellie leave Jackson on horseback. They arrive at the University of Eastern Colorado in five days, where they find the Fireflies have vacated. A map points towards St. Mary's Hospital in Salt Lake City, Utah. Joel and Ellie attempt to escape after seeing a group of raiders. One of the men attacks Joel. Joel kills him but is stabbed. Joel and Ellie escape the pursuing men. Afterwards, Joel collapses from the horse, and Ellie begs him to survive, stating she cannot continue without him. So, I have learned from TikTok that there's a lot of Easter eggs in this episode. The girl staring at Ellie when she's eating is Dina, Ellie's future girlfriend. And also the horse Maria introduces Ellie to is her future horse, Shimmer. I really enjoyed this episode, despite the fact the ending completely stressed me out. There were some really amazing, like, award-worthy acting moments in this episode, and some really nice baby-child-big-friend moments for Joel and Ellie, which was, it was nice to see before 
stabbing us with that ending, if you catch my little joke there, because Joel gets stabbed, and they stabbed us with this surprise ending. I really liked the time jump in this episode. We've only got three episodes left in this season, and I'm glad that they didn't try to waste any time with, like, a filler episode of Joel and Ellie traveling to Wyoming or somewhere else, and then fighting something or someone, making an ally, fighting something again, the ally dies, and then getting back on the road to traveling again. Not that there's anything wrong with that type of episode, but I'm really glad we got this one instead that has a lot of more character building moments. When Joel and Ellie are exploring the abandoned Firefly base campus building thing, I, I thought there was going to be a monkey fight. Uh, as soon as they saw that herd of monkeys up on the hill, and then the monkeys in the building, I was like, oh, the monkeys are going to be clickers and we're going to fight a bunch of monkeys. So I was, I was a little disappointed when the monkeys just scurried off to go do monkeys at university thing. Side note, I also want a series about those monkeys hanging out on campus. I think the next episode is going to be a lot of flashbacks of Ellie and her friend Riley in the abandoned mall where Ellie gets bit. I know enough about the DLC pack from the game to sort of know what happens, so I'm, I'm really excited to actually get to see it because I've only, like, heard things and seen little clips of it. I might even go wild and watch a playthrough of it online, but I also don't really want to spoil myself for the episode. Episode 7, Left Behind. Ellie tends to Joel's wound. Joel demands Ellie abandon him to die. As she begins to walk away, Ellie stops and recalls the events that led her up to becoming infected. Several months earlier in Boston, Massachusetts, Ellie is an orphaned student at a military boarding school run by the Federal Disaster Response Agency, Fendra. After Ellie gets in a fight, Captain Kwong encourages her to follow the rules to eventually become a Fendra leader. Later that night, Ellie's best friend Riley sneaks into her room. Ellie is angry with Riley for joining the Fireflies, a rebel group opposing Fendra, and leaving her alone at the school for weeks. Riley takes Ellie to an abandoned mall. Ellie is overjoyed to experience an escalator, carousel, photo booth, and arcade with Riley. When Ellie finds Riley's bed and homemade bombs, she confronts Riley about the Firefly's violent philosophies. Riley reveals the Fireflies are moving her to the Atlanta quarantine zone, and she brought Ellie to the mall to say goodbye. Ellie initially storms out of the mall but returns to Riley. The two dance, and Ellie desperately pleads with Riley not to leave. Riley agrees, and they kiss. An infected, drawn to the noise, attacks the pair. Ellie eventually kills it, but is horrified to realize both she and Riley have been bitten. Riley suggests they let themselves turn together, arguing that no matter how little time together they have left, it is worth fighting for. In the present, Ellie recalls Riley's words. She finds a needle and thread and starts to sew Joel's wound. So, I'm sure like a lot of people, right off the bat, I was filled with absolute dread every second of this episode. Because I, I knew what happened to Riley and Ellie, and I know they both got bitten. I know Riley dies because of that. Um, so just, like, waiting and watching for Riley to die. I watched and waited for the infected to come and, like, tear Riley to bits and kill her. I know that she got infected and died, but I didn't know that she didn't also die during her infection thing. I thought, like, her and Ellie got bit, and then Ellie got away and Riley was like killed by an infected. I wonder if in the next episode or even the finale if they're going to show any more of like Riley changing and Ellie not or even showing how Ellie got to Marlene or vice versa. I know they said it briefly in episode one but I wonder if they're actually going to show those scenes or not. I don't know if those are in the game or not because I've never played the game. In the beginning of the flashback I really liked the flickering fluorescent lights in the gym um, as a former high school student which I'm sure many people are I really appreciated that because that's what the gym 
was like in my high school. The fluorescent lights were always flickering and everyone was miserable running around in circles. Also, teenage girls are the meanest people in the world. And this is speaking as someone who was once a teenage girl. I have a lot of things to say about teenage girls and female rage and female friendships, but that will be something I talk a lot about in another video that should be coming soon. The set design in this episode is fantastic. I loved all the space posters in Ellie's room uh, and just the look of the abandoned mall. I wonder if that was a real mall that they sort of distressed or if it was an abandoned mall. I mean, if they took an already abandoned mall and distressed it even more, that's super cool. I would love to know more about that. I feel like there hasn't really been an episode where Bella Ramsey gets to be the star of the show. I feel like oftentimes it's overshadowed by other performances in the show. Not saying she doesn't do a good job, but I just feel like there haven't been a lot of really heavy acting moments yet. So really glad this sort of gave her a whole episode to show off their talents and be the star of the show for a little bit. Everything they did was just so realistic and my heart was just sinking for Ellie the entire episode just because I was just so full of dread. I spent a lot of the episode dreading Riley's death and how they were going to translate it on screen and as I said like obviously they didn't uh, and I'm really glad they decided to do that. I think there's something particularly gruesome about like dead kids and teenagers on TV and especially in apocalyptic setting, uh, I'm really glad the showrunners decided to leave that sort of up to our imaginations. Same thing with Henry and Sam. After they die, they don't show the bodies or anything. I really, I really respect that decision to sort of leave that up to what people want to think about and visualize for themselves. I feel bad because I don't really have a lot to say about the episode this week. Uh, there was good acting, good set design. It was a good episode overall. And I wish I had more sort of in-depth points to talk about, but I, I, I don't. I don't, so I'm not going to try and force myself to. Episode 8, When We Are In Need. After discovering Joel's wound is infected, Ellie ventures out to find food. While hunting a deer, she encounters David and James. She makes a deal to trade the deer for penicillin, which James returns to camp to obtain. Meanwhile, David, a preacher, explains that he was a teacher and found God after the outbreak and is now the leader of a group of survivors. He reveals the man who was stabbed and subsequently killed by Joel was a member of his group. Ellie runs away after James gives her the penicillin under David's orders. Ellie returns to Joel and injects him with penicillin. The following day, she spots David and James with a group of men seeking vengeance against Joel. She flees on horseback to draw them away from Joel, but is captured after James shoots and kills her horse. David places her in a cage at his camp. Ellie notices an ear on the floor. David reveals he has been feeding his group human meat. He tells her he admires her strength and violence and they could begin a relationship, but she breaks his finger. Meanwhile, Joel awakens and kills one of David's men, then tortures and kills two more to discover Ellie's whereabouts. Ellie bites David as he and James grab her. Before they can kill her, she tells them that she is infected, as proven by her bite mark. While they argue whether it is real, Ellie kills James with a meat cleaver and escapes. As David hunts her, she sets fire to the steakhouse. She stabs him with a kitchen knife, but he overpowers and attempts to rape her. Ellie grabs David's fallen meat cleaver and kills him in a frenzied attack. Joel startles Ellie as she wanders in shock outside. Joel embraces and comforts Ellie, and they walk away. This episode was a tough and heavy one. I mean, pretty much every episode of the show has been tough and heavy, but, like, in a good way. But this one, man. 
So let's go through a little breakdown of my notes I took while I was watching the episode. My first question might be answerable, but what is like the jerky stuff that they're eating that's wrapped in like the newspaper or a napkin or whatever it is? Is it just like an artificial meat jerky? Is it dried veggies? Is it some sort of post-apocalyptic lamba spread from Lord of the Rings? It looks like tree bark on screen most of the times and I just, I need to know what it is. So if you know what it's called in the game or what they're actually eating in the show, please let me know because I cannot stop thinking about what tree bark would taste like every time they eat it on the show. My next question is, and I don't know if it's so much of a question or just a general thing, but I noticed when Ellie was first confronting David and James in the woods, she deepened her voice a little. It sounded differently, and I don't know if maybe it's because it was cold or she just fell on her face or whatever, but I'm almost wondering if it's a conscious choice she made to make her voice sound deeper to try and be more threatening. Also, in case you didn't know this, the actor that plays James is actually Joel's voice actor from The Last of Us game, so that's a pretty cool cameo role. And I'm sure a lot of the questions I have for these videos could easily be solved by googling or searching on a subreddit, but that takes the fun out of these videos and gives you guys reasons to comment on them. So was Alec the guy that Joel killed, the one that attacked them when they were leaving the university campus in episode 6, or was he someone else they killed along the way? Because I, I cannot really keep track of who they're killing on this show. My heart goes up to Ellie during the course of this episode. She's just a kid currently going through like the ninth circle of hell and basically has Joel's life in her hands and no one to ask for help. Another episode with an amazing performance from Bella Ramsey. Ellie is really lucky that Joel isn't allergic to penicillin or the show would have taken a completely different turn. Also, and this just might be a me thing, but if Joel has a fever, why didn't she try and make like an ice pack out of like snow or whatever to try and help break the fever? Maybe, I know she's got a couple years of military school under her belt, but I don't know how many life-saving things Fedra would actually teach kids. I feel like they're pretty die people. I feel like they're pretty like, he's dead, he's sick, he's dead. Like that's kind of their motto or whatever. When Ellie was feeding snow to the horse, I was like, man, I'm so glad through all these losses in the show and all these horrible things that keep happening to Joel and Ellie, that this horse is still alive. And then I had to retract that statement about five minutes later when the horse was shot and killed. I was devastated. Rest in peace, horse. This is truly the greatest loss in television history. Ellie's wild cowgirl days will be put on pause for a while. So jumping into the meat, get it? Because there were cannibals in this episode. So the meat of this episode. Apparently, even in a post-apocalyptic world, the Catholic Church is still abusing and raping children, which doesn't really surprise me. And this specific religious group also eats people as well. David was a truly terrifying character, and from other reviews I've read and stuff I've seen online, it seems like his character adaptation from the game made him even worse of a person than he was in the game. He was just, he was slimy and terrible and like just, just the worst. There's a list of disgusting things he did this episode that I could just rhyme off and probably the worst one is him trying to rape and then kill Ellie. That scene is so raw and horrific. Ellie screams while she just stabs him over and over again with the meat cleaver was bone chilling. And even her initial fighting and screaming when Joel finds her because she's so traumatized was just so sad. And then when they're walking away, just like she has no color in her face and she's just like, there's no, there's nothing behind her eyes. She's just like gone. I think Ellie's innocence, what little she had left was truly, 
truly lost after this episode. So speaking of Joel, he finally gets back into action in this episode and does some killing. He was very much, according to my play-by-play notes, a deranged big friend searching for his imprisoned baby child, which is a goofy way of saying that Joel was so incredibly determined to save Ellie. Though a few episodes ago, he stated to Ellie that he is not her father and she is not his daughter. But I do really think after an experience like this, where Ellie has been trying to save Joel's life after he was stabbed, has changed their relationship to more of a familial one and less of a handler and cargo one. I really think he's starting to see her as someone he cares about and not just someone he needs to take to a destination. I also think him saving Ellie in this episode was sort of a personal thing. Like, he wasn't able to save Sarah, but he could save Ellie. So I think trying to save Ellie is his way of maybe apologizing to Sarah somehow or helping him gain closure from that. So the next episode is the season finale. Uh, it's been renewed for season two, but I really wanted to read through the game's plot and see how the game ends versus how the show's gonna end or like where in the game's plot we are, if we're halfway through, if we're a quarter in, if we're at the end. I have a really strong feeling based off what Bella Ramsey said about the finale. It was exhausting, she reflects, but those were some of my favorite days on set. That sounds really masochistic, but it's the scenes that break me that I love the most in a way. It's going to divide people massively massively. A pregnant woman, Anna, flees pursuing infected by hiding in a house. The creature breaks in and bites Anna as she gives birth to Ellie. Sometime later, they are found by Marlene and a group of fireflies. Anna asks Marlene to kill her and take Ellie back to Boston, Massachusetts. Marlene hesitantly kills Anna and walks away with Ellie. In the present, in Salt Lake City, Utah, Ellie acts distant to Joel until she sees a herd of giraffes. Joel tells Ellie they can return to Tommy's community in Jackson, Wyoming, and forget about their destination. Ellie says after all that they've been through, she wants to finish their journey. Later on, Joel opens up about a suicide attempt after Sarah's death, and requests Ellie tell some jokes. They are ambushed by Firefly soldiers, who capture Ellie and knock Joel unconscious. After Joel awakens in a hospital, Marlene explains the doctors are preparing surgery on Ellie to extract samples of her brain to study her immunity to cordyceps, a procedure that will kill her. Marlene orders two soldiers to escort Joel out of the hospital. Joel subdues and executes the two soldiers and takes one of their rifles. He moves through the hospital to the operating room, killing most of the Firefly soldiers and the lead surgeon operating on Ellie. He takes the unconscious Ellie and leaves the hospital. Marlene intercepts them in the parking garage, stating there is still time for Joel to do the right thing, but he shoots and kills her. When Ellie wakes up when they are driving out of the city, Joel lies, telling her the Fireflies had found other immune people and were unable to create a cure, and he quickly left with Ellie as the hospital was attacked by raiders. After their car breaks down, they hike to Jackson. Ellie expresses her survivor guilt, and at her instances, Joel swears his attack about the Fireflies is true. Ellie says, okay. So I'm a little surprised by this finale. Like, the the premiere of the show was an hour and a half long and, like, really, really, like, high stakes and there was a lot of, like, stuff going on. But I found in this episode, which is, like, the season finale of a pretty big show, I would say, I was sort of underwhelmed. Like, I'm not saying it was a... It, wasn't, it definitely wasn't a bad episode. I really enjoyed it. But I thought the stakes were going to be a bit higher. I thought maybe there'd be fight scenes with some infected, maybe... I was, I've been more tense and like stressed out watching other episodes than I was with this one. I had seen the hospital scene from the game sort of in clips on TikTok before, so I sort of knew what we were getting into with this episode, but I thought maybe the acting would be like a step up, 
Like, they would really dramatize it to be good TV. I mean, it was it was still good TV. Yeah, I just, I kind of, I kind of wish there was a little bit more going on. It did feel kind of short. It was 43 minutes long. I think this is probably the shortest episode yet, um, which is a little strange for a finale of a show. And I feel like the majority of people were sort of underwhelmed with it, but it gave us some really nice character in-depths. So I took some notes while I was watching it. So I'm going to share them with you now and sort of break them down and stuff. So why was Anna out in the wilderness running around alone while she's in labor? I know that she was being, like, chased and stuff, but in order to be chased, she would have had to leave the safe location she was at to get there. She's also just a trooper to give birth while fighting off an infected. That scene was crazy. That made me very scared, because that stuff's scary. I mean, it, it was sad when Marlene killed her, just because, I don't know, you don't get that much of a experience with your baby. Like, I wish they had a little bit more time together to bond and stuff. I don't really want to know the logistics of transporting a new baby all the way to Boston, especially where Anna said she hadn't fed Ellie. I don't think baby formula is going to be sort of widely available in this post-apocalyptic world. And I also don't want to know just the logistics. They had, they had no baby supplies with them. I don't know if maybe they were they were closer to like a, another Firefly spot where they could go and get stuff. On the way there, how, how did they pull off carrying a baby with them? How, how did that work? How did that work? So jumping forward to the present day, uh, I was really happy to see that Joel's overall attitude, it seemed like lighter in this opening and man, just like poor Ellie was so out of it. I felt, I felt horrible for her. She's been through so much, especially in the last episode. I feel like all of her innocence is just gone. It was almost a parallel to how the beginning of the show, like Joel was very like reserved and quiet and grumpy and Ellie was all chatty and jokey and like moving around and just being a kid and stuff and I it felt like a role reversal almost oh my god the amount of reflections I've seen from people on the last what Ellie went through in the last episode was crazy like I can't imagine going through all that at age 14 I mean being a 14 year old teenage girl is a traumatic enough experience as it is but when you throw it into a post-apocalyptic world and like a crazy cannibalistic preacher tries to kill and rape you like i just i cannot imagine what that would do to your psyche at such a young age i also noticed that there's probably been a big time jump between episode eight and nine uh it was winter last episode or at least it was winter where they were but i feel like the weather isn't that drastically different i feel like if they had walked from like florida to maine maybe it would have been more of a drastic weather change but i think they're just sort of going west state by state so I don't, I don't think it's that crazy but anyways there must have been a time jump because it was winter and now they're walking around without jackets on the scene in the abandoned building i absolutely loved the lighting choice like the red orange like tarps that were just casting all this like gorgeous gorgeous like dark red light on everyone and just like the how it made them like really stand out against like sort of the dark gray drab Background, I absolutely loved it. I thought it was beautiful. This is literally one of the most beautiful shows I've ever seen. Though it may be, like, at its core, like a zombie apocalypse survival show to the general public, the cinematography and just, like, the little detail shots has just been absolutely stunning. I'm really happy that they had a real giraffe. I've seen some of the behind-the-scenes footage clips from this, and it was actually a real giraffe that they had their feeding I think later in the episode when it's the family of giraffes sort of down in the baseball field I think they were in, that was probably CGI. But the close-up scene with the giraffe and Joel and Ellie was a real giraffe, and that's so cool. 
oh my god that's so cool that they got a real giraffe um and that was a really good scene and i loved the look on joel's face when ellie was just smiling and laughing and feeding the giraffe leaves it's it's so nice to see him transform from like the first episode meeting ellie to now where you can tell he cares so much about her and even though i don't ever think he would admit it thinks of ellie more as a daughter now or at least sees himself as a father figure to her I also really love the way that this show has, like, nature reclaiming the cities. I thought this episode, the abandoned city they were in, was absolutely gorgeous. I keep saying gorgeous and absolutely, but there's just no words to describe how beautiful it is. Especially if you think of, like, how those cities look in a non-apocalyptic thing. Very, like, industrial, structural, skyscrapers, gray and silver and blah colors versus when nature's, like, reclaimed those cities and it's, like, these luscious green colors and all these different plants and stuff it's absolutely beautiful while joel and ellie are on that sort of balcony overlooking the city i think they do have a callback to one of the lines in episode two um i think it's a similar thing when joel and tess and ellie are first escaping the boston qz or whatever i think they were in the boston qz ellie says a similar line like it's got its up and ups and downs but that's like one hell of a view. And she says that again in this episode. I think it's a really nice callback to sort of the previous episodes and what the two of them have been through together. I thought Joel's confession to Ellie about how he tried to kill himself was a really touching scene. And sort of towards the end where he was going to say that he like found something to keep him alive. I was really hoping he was going to tell Ellie that because I think she's just at a place mentally where she would just need to hear that, that like she's the reason he's you know starting to have a better outlook on life almost because he's like a happier person and stuff he also talks about sarah a lot in this episode and it's really nice to see him talk about her in a happy light rather than in sort of a like a i'm not gonna say a negative light because he never spoke about her negatively but i just mean in like a he did he didn't want to talk about her because just the wounds were too deep when they're walking through the city to the hospital, Joel does a really good job of doing, like, the very fatherly, like, distract your daughter from being sad. My dad's done that before where, you know, I'm, like, in a shitty mood or whatever, and he'll be like, hey, like, blah, 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 can you do this? And it, like, it takes you out of the state that you're in and gives you a task. He, like, gave her the task of telling jokes because he knew that it would be good for the both of them and good for her to distract her from just being, like, trapped inside her mind. Probably horrible flashbacks of everything she's been through. So by the time the fireflies attack Joel and Ellie, we're at the 20 minute mark for the episode. So like that's basically halfway through. And I was really surprised at how they were going to try and pull this all off in 23 minutes. It was really nice to see Marlene return. Um, we haven't really seen her since the first episode. So I don't know. It's, it's good that she survived, I guess. I mean, ultimately, I think she's supposed to be sort of a villain to us maybe a little bit because, you know, she wants to kill Ellie to harvest her brains. But I get I get her backstory now that Anna wanted Ellie's immunity probably to be used for good and that not doing that wouldn't be like not fulfilling her purpose in life. But like, I don't think ultimately Ellie was brought into the world to be immune to the cordyceps. She was brought into the world to be a kid and be like loved and stuff and grow up. So I, I don't know, like I get what Marlene was trying to do and like trying to protect Joel from seeing Ellie before she dies because she probably knew know how that would go but i also like man she was gonna kill ellie 
we love Ellie. Another sort of question I had was just sort of like the timeline of the show. Um, Because some of the episodes sort of pick up where the last ones leave off, but this one felt like there was a time jump, as I said before. So I'm just wondering what like the overall timeline of the show was. Um, Luckily, since the first season's over, I'm going to attempt to play some of the game now, pretty much up to where the show finale ends. Uh, so maybe that'll give me a bit more sense. But if you know sort of the the gaps between the episodes, please let me know so I can sort of make a timeline in my head of how long the show actually was in universe. When the Firefly soldiers were escorting Joel through the hospital to take him out on the highway, I really thought we were going to get like a daredevil hallway scene where he'd be like beating the shit out of the two guys like in the hallway. They did it in the stairwell, but it wasn't as like daredevil as I expected it to be. I mean, Joel's not Daredevil, and I don't think he has, like, Daredevil-level fighting skills. Um, but I thought it'd be more of a fight, but he pretty much just gets the gun, kills them both, and then just goes on a murder spree through the hospital. I really liked the artistic choice that they did to have the gunshots really quiet and have, like, sort of ambient music playing louder than everything. Uh, I think it's a really good reflection of sort of Joel's headspace at the time. Like, he wouldn't be focused on the gunshots his focus is finding ellie and saving her i think that was a really really awesome directorial or maybe that was a decision made in like post-production or with the music team or whatever but i i really really enjoyed that because yeah i don't i don't think anyone really loves the sound of gunshots so it was it was nice to have some music sort of drowning that out i also think the fireflies might have studied at like the stormtrooper gun academy because they were, they were shooting at Joel, and it's not like he was, like, moving a whole lot. Like, he was pretty much walking in a straight line. But they still weren't able to hit him, but he hit them accurately every time. So I think future Fireflies should maybe not train with Stormtroopers. I mean, I, I know that's, that, that's a joke. That's a joke. I know that not shooting a gun is hard. I've never shot a gun, but I know that shooting a gun is probably hard. And they were in the dark and stuff, but still... They could have tried a little bit harder. Not that I wanted Joel to get shot, because he barely made it through getting stabbed. And Ellie is definitely not a certified LPN, so she does not know what she's doing when it comes to stitches. I mean, luckily they're in a hospital, so I'm sure if he did get shot, he'd be able to patch himself up. Or have Ellie patch him up once the anesthesia wore off. That was a little tangent. At first I was really surprised that the elevator at the hospital still works. Uh, but then I remembered that, like, hospitals have really good generators. Um, back in September, there was a huge hurricane that sort of hit the area where I live. And I think a lot of people were without power for, like, a week or whatever. But I don't think the hospital lost their power at all. Because I think they have, like, an insane amount of generators or something. Obviously to keep people alive, because people are on, like, life support and whatever. And, like, you can't lose power at the hospital. But it surprised me that those generators were still up and working, like, almost 20 years after the outbreak started. But, I mean, it was a really nice scene with just Joel carrying Ellie in the elevator. Ellie in the elevator. So then we get to the car scene, and Joel is obviously trying to protect Ellie from what he did. Because he killed a lot of people, and killed a doctor, and killed Marlene to save her. And I don't really think that he would want her to have that on her conscience. And I don't think she could live with that. Marlene is sort of the one who rescued her. And then obviously, as we found out, like, took her from her mother as a baby to be saved. So I don't, I don't think Joel would want to tell Ellie that even if, like, the 
what happened in episode eight had happened. I think the line he says when he says, I'm taking us home was really nice. It's not like he said, I'm taking you home. Like we're going to my home. Like he said, I'm taking us home. Like they're, they're a family now. They're, they're a little family. And then we also get a little flashback to when Joel was killing Marlene and he was just sort of, he was, he was brutal with it. Just like the gunshot to the head, even though she was already bleeding out and he could have just left her to bleed out. He just sort of shot her and ended all that. Yeah, and that's really all the notes I took during this episode. So as I said, I'm gonna attempt to play the game. I don't own a PlayStation personally. I'm pretty sure it's available for PC through Steam or whatever. So I'll play that. Maybe, maybe I'll even make videos out of me playing that. I'm really not good at video games. If you've seen me play the Evil Dead game on Hail to the Deadites, you'll know that I'm not very good at video games. But I, I really want to play this game and sort of see how it compares to the show. I know the game came first and it's probably also like the better of the two because it's more authentic to the stories that the writers wanted. But I've really enjoyed the show personally knowing what I know about the game. I love Pedro Pascal. I thought Bella Ramsey was fantastic. Just everything about the show was so wonderful. There were really no sort of pitfalls for me when it came to like watching it or like studying up on stuff for it and being able to do these videos. I found I always had something to say. I mean, I know the episode seven, I didn't really have that much to say, but I found something to say. And I think that's sort of the amazement this show brought to the world. Like, it's crazy. It's a really amazing show. I cannot wait for season two. I'm pretty sure they're going to start filming this year and it'll probably be out probably around the same time this year, like starting January-ish and then probably go till, what month are we in? March? So probably a similar season length or whatever. And I, I can't wait to see what they do with this story. So that's going to be all for the very last recap and review of season one of The Last of Us here on Infamous Virus. Thank you so much for coming along on this journey with me and sharing your thoughts on the show. I've had a ball covering it and I hope you've had a ball watching these videos and watching the show itself. So thank you so much for watching. Make sure to like, share, and subscribe. And I'll see you in the next video. Stay groovy.